Welcome to the AFS podcast. This 10th edition is about moving on from your student accommodation. Our student team share their wisdom on making your move as smooth as possible and maximizing your chance of getting your deposit back intact. Our host Emma is joined by Francis, Sophia, Rhiannon and Olivia from our student team. Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast. So this week's theme is going to be all about moving out of your accommodation. So my name is Emma and I've worked for accommodation for students since April 2020 and I work in the content team. So today I'm joined by a number of people. So firstly, we've got Sophia, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, I also work in the content team and I'm a second year criminology student at the University of Bristol. Perfect. And then we've also got Rhiannon. Hi, I'm Rhiannon. I'm a third year psychology student at the University of York. Perfect. And then we've also got Olivia. Hiya, I'm Olivia. I'm at Exeter University in my third year of English. And then finally, we've got Francis. Hello, everyone. I'm Francis. I'm with the contents team as well. I'm in my final year of history at University College London. Thanks, guys. So the first thing that we're going to start talking about today is all about our accommodation. So it's the first question we're going to discuss is how does your accommodation rank when you compare it to other places that you've lived as a student? So, Sophia, if you want to start with that one. Yeah, I think for me, obviously, this year was my first year privately renting, whereas last year I was in student halls. So I think this accommodation, in a way, is better. You've got your own private space. I think the difference is, for me, this year, we are now sharing a bathroom, whereas last year in halls, we all had our own en suites. But it's not been too big to adapt to, I think, because as well, we've gone from a flat of nine last year to four of us this year. It's quite a difference in like the amount of people sharing the kitchen anyway. But I think it's a lot nicer living in your own student house or flat rather than being in halls, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think it really does matter. Kind of the bathroom thing as well. You just mentioned, I know I've got my own bathroom this year, which really is something that I absolutely love. And my flatmate's got an ensuite and then I've got a big bathroom, which is just mine. So how about anyone else? Like, How about you, Rihanna? And how's your accommodation this year? Yeah, so I'm, I've lived in this house for two years now and I lived in halls before. So compared to halls, what I'm in now is so much, it's a lot bigger. It's much more centrally located. I do generally prefer it. Obviously, again, I've had to adapt to the shared bathroom situation. I only share with one person, so it's actually been totally fine. But yeah, so much more space, more storage. And we've got even like little things like having places to like, hang your clothes out when they dry that aren't in like the communal kitchen or taking up your whole room really makes such a difference and it's just so much quieter as well not being in halls yeah that's that's i mean that's that's so true living with living in halls can be can be a nightmare i mean i I quite enjoyed my halls they were they were very they were very good and very close to university i have to say i live much further out but i lived in two private places now i think my first one was a bit better because the the location was a few streets away from where I'm now, but it was a much quieter area. Now I'm nearby to a much larger road, and I get quite a lot of noise pollution, especially in the evening, because uh, we get a lot of drivers in in fast cars revving their engines and and speeding past and speeding past the lights. And you're trying to when you try to get to sleep at midnight, you you can hear them, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy with with the place I am in now. I. I I'm just signing on the extension to my to my account because I'm well. The rent is very cheap, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to find anything in in London in this market for that low of a price. And the landlady was very was very amenable with the current situation and only raised the rent for or to by fifty pounds. So I was I was quite happy with that. 
I fear that the that the rent uh, rent increase would be much larger, bearing in mind the current situation. Yeah, I think location has been quite a big thing for us. I've got a very similar house to last year. There's still like six of us girls living in like fairly big uni house. But this year we are literally ne- like two minutes away from town, walking distance. Whereas last year we were up this quite steep hill, which when you've gone shopping for like your food and walking up a hill with all your bags, it was quite a pain. And I'm still about 10 minute walk from uni. So it's kind of perfect location. The actual house, I think I preferred last year's is this house is quite dark. Like we don't really get any sunlight. But other than that, I'd say it's like pretty much the same. I've got a ground floor room this time, which is like just one of those things, the way we allocated the rooms, whereas last year I had a better room, but nothing that's detrimental. Yeah, I think with the ground floor room, that's just one of those things of like, nobody really wants a ground floor room, but but someone's someone's got to take it. Like we were really lucky in my second year house, the ground floor room actually had an ensuite. So we could kind of do that compromise of like, whoever's going to take the ground floor room is going to have their own bathroom. So we were lucky like that. So just moving on to the next thing, what are you going to miss most when you move out of your student accommodation? So I'll just throw this out to anyone. I feel like the thing I'm going to miss most is the independence of just living on my own, or not on my own, but with friends. Just like being able to cook whenever I want, what I want. Obviously, it's nice when I go home with my family for like to have family dinners, but I just like the independence and freedom of like no curfews, no like cooking when I want. And as well, just sharing with friends. I'm definitely going to miss that, just that like atmosphere in the house. Well, I'm not moving out really from my student accommodation, but it will be after I finish university, it will not really be a student accommodation. It will be just a young professional accommodation, I suppose. So I think a big thing I will miss is not having to pay my council tax because, well, as students, you don't have to do that. If As long as uh, every person in the property is a student, you don't have to pay. But unfortunately, once you stop being a student, this council tax has to be paid. That's additional sometimes fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred pounds a year, which adds up, you know, to your monthly expenses. So I'll definitely miss having the privileged status of not having to pay my special council tax. I hadn't even thought of council tax, but that is a very scary um, prospect. <laughs> no, but I totally agree with Olivia as well. Like the independence of living in a student house, it's just like I'm going to miss it so much. Also for me, like because our house is so centrally located, as I said, we always end up hosting pre's at ours, which I'm just going to miss so much. Like having all my friends come round before a night out, and we can all sit in the living room and have a good chat and have a few drinks. Like I'm not going to get that again for a very long time, if ever. So definitely going to miss that a lot. Yeah, I'm moving into a new student accommodation for my final year, but I guess I'll miss like the people because we've lived together for the past two years and now we're going off to live like separately and do our own things or live with new people. So I think that kind of dynamic of where you've seen these people solidly for a whole year now as well, every day you've cooked together and stuff, it'll be a bit of a shock not doing that daily anymore. Yeah, I think one of the things I miss, so I live in like private accommodation now, like I don't live in technically student accommodation and when I did live in student accommodation it was always bills inclusive and I really really miss being bills inclusive like not so much even just having to pay the bills but having like when you can just use the shower use the heater and not have to think about the fact you're going to be charged for it and like knowing at the start of the year like the flat rate that it's going to cost you rather than thinking that it can fluctuate so I really really miss just having bills inclusive because I don't think I think that's it now like we won't get that opportunity again likely so that's something I really miss 
But just moving on to the next thing, what will we not miss? I think immediately just the noise. I think living with students, it just comes with like different time frame like different times everyone stays awake till everyone wakes up and it's just like constant noise in the house which can be nice when you're part of it but if you want an early night or if you've got an SAG it is it can get quite annoying and as well the kind of dirty kitchen when no one's cleaned it for a while like when I'm at home it's just always clean but at uni it can get messy so I don't think I'm gonna miss that I don't know about everyone else I don't have the best landlords, so I'm definitely not going to miss that. We have like a really nice garden and the landlords are supposed to be responsible for getting a garden to come around and clean it and tidy it and stuff. And it just doesn't happen. So we can't use our garden, which is such a shame. And then we've constantly got issues with our boiler breaking as well. So at the moment, we don't have hot water and the landlord just keeps telling us to reset the boiler, which obviously isn't a very sustainable solution. So I'm really going to not miss having to deal with just like incompetent landlords. (laughs) I think for me, it'll be the lack of, well, once I move out at some point, I think I won't miss the lack of a tumble dryer because my my place is really my room because I have a room in in a sort of shared building. But we have have a communal sort of washing area for clothes, but it's, it's just a washing machine and there's no communal space in which to dry your clothes. So with a room as small as mine, it's, you know, it can... You can dry your your underwear or small things, but definitely not your your whole bedding or or anything like that. Not to mention, I mean, shirts. Not not even shirts because everything will just get wet and mouldy. I think. So I end up having to go to my neighbours to use their communal <laughs> to use their communal a tumble dryer, which can be a hassle because it doesn't really work. So I have to just sit there and turn it back on every every like, quarter of an hour. It is a massive, it is a massive problem that I manage. Uh, so I definitely won't miss that once I move into a proper, once I move into a proper flat, have my own dryer or at least enough space to just normally dry my clothes. Yeah, I think for me, where this flat is, it's about a 20 minute walk to uni, but it's in quite a noisy area. Like we literally live above a bar. So you can hear the music till two in the morning. So I'm not going to miss that noise, especially when you just want a good night's sleep. I think the other thing I won't miss is trying to park around here because I love having my car here and being able to drive to places, to the supermarket or go home, but trying to find a parking space around this area because it's still kind of classes quite touristy and there's a lot of families with big cars. It's an absolute nightmare. So next year is a much quieter location parking wise. I can literally park outside my house and I'm much more excited about being able to do that. Yeah, I think for me, the noise is a really big thing. Like we live next to a train station. So the trains are always going past. Like sometimes we can hear the announcements and things like that. It's just very, very noisy. So moving on to the next thing, do any of your accommodations have any specific things that you should be doing? I know for mine, we've got to clean it and leave it to pretty much the same standard as it was when we moved in. So when we moved in, we took pictures anyway, and then we'll do the same when we move out. And then I think the other thing is we just have to be out by 10 a.m. and go hand the keys back in. But there wasn't too much like specifically what we needed to do. Yeah, I'm the exact same as Sophia. We have to clean the house to a professional standard. And so, yeah, how it was when we moved in. We're not allowed to obviously leave anything behind. If we accidentally leave, like I know last year someone left a drying, like a clothes dryer, drying rack. And we got charged for that. So you're not allowed to leave anything at all. 
and yeah just like cleaning to their standard of the inventory so we took photos and like picked up on anything and yeah just has to be left as it was gosh that that does sound rather unlucky I'm quite fortunate. I have a very amenable landlady and the agent is her son. So it's basically just dealing with, with her and her family. There's literally nothing in my contract about, uh, about moving. I mean, I leave it in a, in a good state, of course, but I don't, fortunately, I don't have to get it, get the cleaners in because I know that can be a hassle and can be quite expensive. So I just have to take all my stuff, but they don't really mind if I leave like little things behind they will either get thrown out or used by the next person which i think is i think is handy when i was moving into my last place oh no this place and now i have two microwaves because the previous tenant just left his microwave so i have one that just came with the room and then there's another huge one uh, that was left by the, <laughs> was left by the previous tenant so yeah, it's quite fortunate. If you if you have choice, I think it's quite good to look through the potential contract and and see what they what they require of you. And if it's you know professional standard, you have to get the cleaners in. If you have other other options, either talk to your agent to amend the contract or just choose another one. I would say, but in many cases, we simply don't get the choice. Well, in the in the current market and with with the prices. So definitely look at the contract and see what you have to do, because otherwise you may be in for a nasty surprise and the agents and land land person can just take your deposit, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's the same for me as with Olivia and Sophia. Mine just has to be to a professional standard. So just going to make sure it's absolutely spotless. I do know some people under the same agency who had to get professional cleaners in. And they were like, no, we're just going to make we're gonna do it ourselves and just do it to that really high standard. And the, the agency wasn't really very happy. They were like, you're not going to get it to the level we want it at. But actually, they cleaned it top to bottom extremely well. They were in quite a small house as well. And the landlord turned around and was like, actually, that was a really good clean. And they got their whole deposit back. So I think it is possible, actually, to clean it to that standard yourself. But a bit of a risky move, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I think like, as we said, it's just so important to check your contract and check if it is something that you need to do. I know when I was in my second year, we had to like do everything ourselves. We had to defrost the fridge and things like that. Because it was COVID, we all had to, we'd all moved away and gone home. So we had to go back and like, we really had to organize that kind of like in advance to get it done. But as we've said, like, it's really important to remove everything that's yours. I saw like a meme on Instagram, I think it was, of somebody who had a really, really nice landlord. When they left, they left like flowers and chocolates and like a bottle of wine on the table to say thank you. And then they got charged for leaving property that the the landlord had to remove. So you do kind of have to be careful with that type of stuff. So just moving on to the next thing. So the next question is, do you know where your tenancy is protected? So again, I'll just throw that out to anyone. I do know it's it's in my contract, of course, as it should be in, in any contract. I mean, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I have access to my to a copy of my of my contract, so I just I can just look it up any time in the case of something happens and you have issues with your with your landlord and with the deposit. You can always refer the issue to the, the tenancy protection scheme people, and they can arbitrate. And that's obviously a very important thing to know. Fortunately, I don't think any of us had an issue like that. In many cases, people don't just don't want the hassle and just would rather lose the, I mean, 100 or whatever pounds you put in, rather than have to go through the whole process of, of hearings and arbitration and, and so on. 
But sometimes it is worth, I suppose, to prove your point that you're not in the wrong, that it's the landlord that's in the wrong, and that the landlord knows for the future that they can't treat the tenants in, in one way or another. As I said, I don't think we've had issues like that. Those schemes exist for a reason, and they really, I think, should be used and should be remembered about. Yeah, I know my deposit's in a tenancy deposit scheme, but I don't know off the top of my head which one it is. But I have like a copy of when we signed the tenancy, we got sent everything, all the information about the property, the contract agreement, about the deposit, everything like that. So I've just saved a copy of everything like that in a folder on my laptop, as well as obviously having the email. But to look back almost like a year through emails might take a while. So I recommend just saving all those kind of PDFs and stuff that they send through. And then, yeah, if anything did happen, at least you put it there to refer back. Yeah, mine's protected as well. I actually didn't know tenancy protection was a thing until I got the brief through for this uh, podcast. Uh, so it's definitely something to be aware of and check that you know your your tenancy is protected. I can't remember off the top of the he- my head, again, where mine is protected, but thankfully it is. Yeah, I'm the same as Rihanna. I didn't actually realise it was a thing. But obviously, when I looked in my contract, it was there. And mine is protected as well. So yeah, I think it is a very important thing just to like know about and realise and see if you've got it or not in your contract as obviously it's a lot of money and it's important if anything does happen. Yeah, I think it is really important to try and know these things like if you can. Obviously, I was the same as Rihanna and Olivia. I didn't know it was a thing for a while, but I've always made sure that I have a copy of it and that I know where it is because we had a thing where we needed the blinds replacing. So we could check in the tenancy agreement that that was down to the landlord to do that. And then we kind of had that proof, which was really helpful at the time. So just moving on to the next thing. So this is about moving out. So kind of when would you start planning to move? I've already started kind of talking to my parents as they come and drive and pick me up because I've got a lot of stuff to fit in the car. So my tenancy ends kind of beginning of August. So I'm going to go a few days before it ends. And I think it's important to speak to your flatmates as well. Not only do you not all want to be moving out on the same day at the same time, so that can get very hectic. You also need to, well, for a lot of us, a day to clean the house, as that's obviously one of the things we have to do. So we want to do that before we all move out and move away from uni. And also another tip is I'm going home like every now and then over summer before I move out. So I'm going to just bring like bits back with me. So it's less to do all in one go at the end of my tenancy. Yeah, I'd say a few weeks before, definitely have that conversation with your flatmates. We've already said that because we've got to be out by 10 o'clock on the 30th of June, the day before is kind of when we all need to really be completely packed up. And so that morning, it's literally like the last few things that have got to go in a bag and then we can really clean the place. And that morning, if anyone's eating anything, that's when we can clean the bathroom and the kitchens. And again, yeah, I've already started speaking with my parents because I've got like just over... 24 hours overlap between this one ending and my new tenancy starting. So I've had to make a plan of where can I store my stuff to save like multiple journeys, like doing a three hour journey each way is not feasible. And they're coming up this weekend to visit anyway. So this is an opportunity for me to kind of offload things already that I just don't need to take with me into my new flat. Yeah. I mean, planning, planning, I think is, is, is very much key. You're very lucky that you, you can have your parents help you. And mine are in Poland, so <laughs> I have to do everything on my on my own. So last time when I was moving out, I, I really had to plan it. It was just a few streets away, but then you can if things can get on top of you because you we you know you have to empty the property as we said and leave it in a in a good state. 
but then at the same time you have to you have to move on to your to your next place or to your parents' place. So you have to you have to really manage your time in, in that way, I suppose. Do talk to your landlord or your your current and your future landlord whether they are flexible with their moving in date. Because for example, with me, my move-in date was I think twenty sixth or twenty seventh of June last year but my landlord uh, but my landlady told me that i can start moving my things earlier uh, and that because the previous tenant has left the property already so it's okay if i if i start moving my stuff early and it can serve as storage while i clean the the previous place and and get it and get it so that's certainly that's certainly something to look into and and think about i think it can work that way but if not do of course utilize the, the storage options. I had some friends who live permanently in London now. That's their main home. Uh, so I was I was able to leave some of my stuff with which always helps. If you if your if your friends are uh, have big enough place and you, you have that sort of relationship with them you can leave leave your stuff with them. Do certainly utilize that because storage can be can be very expensive. But yeah, planning, I think, is key and making sure that you know when you can move your stuff to the next place is, I think, key here. Yeah, I totally agree with what everyone said about planning. Like, you can never be too organized with something like moving out. For me personally, like, I've lived in this house for two years through two lockdowns. So I've accumulated so much stuff that's just not going to fit in the car home. So I know that I'm going to need to start packing weeks before I've already sent home like boxes and um, when my parents have been to visit of like winter coats, books, folders and stuff I don't need that's really bulky just so that that's out of the way. And whenever they come visit over the summer, they're going to get more boxes. But you've just got to be so organized. And again, like cleaning, I reckon I recommend like at least allocating a day to just clean and then be ready the night before, as Sophia said, to move out. We had someone move out of our house last year who didn't stay on on the tenancy. And because the rest of us were staying, he literally started packing the night before. And he wasn't left in time that he should have done for the tenancy. And if that had been us when, you know, we've got new people moving in next year, that really wouldn't have been good um, and we'd have overstayed. So, like, I just can't emphasize enough how important it is to plan and make sure that everybody's, you know, ready to clean the house on the same day. And then everyone's going to be packed up because obviously everyone will be effective if even one person isn't ready to leave when you're meant to. Yeah, I think as we've all said, like planning is just so, so, so important. And I think moving out and cleaning is one of those things that can just creep up on you. and You don't realize quite, you know, how much stuff you have or how long it's going to take you or like how big the clean needs to be. I know when I've lived in big shared houses, we've been fortunate enough that we all live like an hour away from Manchester, at our parents' houses. So we actually chose to move out a few days before we needed to and then to go back just solely to clean. So then the moving out bit was done and we could just like spend the day cleaning and then go back home. And that was like a really good thing to do. Obviously, you can only do that if you kind of live close enough to do that but that was a really good idea and for one of our things we'd luckily kept the inventory so we could just go around tick off everything check that everything was fine and then we were really confident when we were leaving the accommodation that it was left kind of how it should have been left and we were fine so just moving on to the next thing so do we have any tips for getting our deposits back I think just like reiterating what we've already said about cleaning, leaving the house, like if you have to leave it to a professional standard, or even if you don't, still leave it clean, tidy. Again, like organise with your friends, whether you're going to get a professional cleaner to come in or if you're going to do it yourself. Obviously, a professional cleaner is more expensive, but you're more likely to get it correct, like to the landlord's kind of standards. 
last year we actually did it ourselves and it was fine like they were quite impressed but it did just cause a few arguments because some people did more than others with the cleaning and it just didn't really work out as well as we wanted as well I think make sure you don't leave anything broken so if you've like broken your blinds just make sure you've let your landlord know before you move out I think that can sometimes help just to let them know because they can fix it before whereas if you just leave it and don't say anything they could charge you something like that. I guess this, my advice here is more so for people who are moving into a new place, but when you move in, take a photo of literally everything um, and then go through your inventory and just like walk around the house and check that they've got everything. And if they haven't, take photos and email them to them. You know, even if they don't address any issues, it's all on record. So they can't accuse you of breaking anything or causing any marks that you've not caused. And we've had a crack in the sink, which has been there since we moved in but the landlords have only recently brought it up in an inventory um, and we've gone through our photos and we can't find a photo of it from when we moved in so we have no way of proving that that wasn't us so we're probably going to lose some of our deposit over that which is really annoying so there's like literally everything take a photo and again like I would recommend investing in some good cleaning things because if you say spill coffee on the floor you want to be able to get that out as soon as possible otherwise you will again lose your deposit for that so maybe like investing in some SIF or pink stuff or something just so you you're you've got like good cleaning stuff on demand when you need is always ideal and then when you leave the house as well make sure you take photos of the state you've left it in so they can't tell you that you've not cleaned if you have yeah I mean I agree with everything that was said about about cleaning I know it's late to be talking about this but I think it's also important to to think about the deposit while you live in a place I had some friends who were rather relaxed with what they were doing in the in the flat, and they they ended up smoking in one of the rooms. They just used it; it was their sitting room, and they used it as an area for smoking, which was a very silly thing to do because they thought, "Oh, we're going to stop smoking like a few months before before the end of the tenancy, and the the smell is going to disappear completely." And no, that's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. I think they had to. They either lost a fair bit of their dep- deposit, or they had to. They had to order a company that does like ozone cleaning. Yeah, it 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 was quite crazy. But yeah, definitely think about what you're doing in the flat while you're living to get to get most of your deposit back. And if you if you get anything on the walls or any cracks, notify the the landlord when it happens and as it happens because then they'll know in advance and they can fix it without taking it out of your deposit if it's not like clearly your fault but yeah i think cleaning here is is key and and taking photos as as was said yeah i agree with francis i think throughout the time you're living here you've got to think about your deposit so We have a housemate who lives in the ground floor room that we barely ever see her. For a whole month, she'd actually been having a cat in the house, which none of us were aware of until like someone caught her out. So the first thing we did was contact the landlord to say, look, this is what's happened because the other three of us didn't want to be penalised and lose our deposit based on someone else's actions when she'd asked already, can I have this? And we stipulated no, like we have proof of like everything saying we had no part of this. And obviously they said, because we're on single agreements, it would just come out of her deposit. So the room needs to be like deep clean because obviously it's like a male cat. It's peed all over the carpet. Her window is now broken because she hasn't been opening it. So it didn't escape. So I think for us, obviously that gave a bit of peace of mind knowing that Each of our deposits is based on an individual thing. So if something in my room 
was broken, it would just be on me. And then the rest of it's obviously done on the communal areas. So we had our landlord come to do like an inspection a couple of weeks ago. And one of the blinds in our kitchen is broken and we've already told him this is broken. And so they already are aware of that. So even if they don't fix it until we move out, they know it's broken and that it was just like that. It's always had a problem anyway. That was one of the first things we told them when we moved in. So yeah, we've just got pictures of everything. We just have everything on an email record. As easy it is to call someone, it's almost better to have everything on email because then you've got proof to say, well, we notified you of this and you haven't fixed it. Yeah, I think one of the really important things as well is to make sure your deposit is protected in a deposit protection scheme. So I know when I've like paid my deposits, I'll normally get like an email from the landlord just like with like a very formal kind of your deposit is protected type thing. And I think that just like gives you more confidence that it's kind of safe and they can't just like take it without reason. So that's like one of the things I always make sure of just to kind of give myself that extra safety. But I think in terms of getting your deposit back, it's also being aware of the difference between like wear and tear and like actual accidental or like purposeful damage. And so you can just make sure that any like thing that does happen is just wear and tear. Like, for example, when the blinds fell down in my flat, like that was just wear and tear. Like the blinds were unfortunately old and they'd given up and it wasn't like something that the landlord would be right to charge us for. So just knowing that gives us kind of more peace of mind. So just going on to our final topic for today. So the question is, has anybody ever lost a deposit or part? When we moved into halls in first year, we didn't have to put a deposit down. And we were just told at the end of there's any damages, you'll be charged. So I remember because in first year, it was mostly during COVID. I was barely there anyway, but there were people who were living in our flat. And I think we got charged about £9 each because in the kitchen, there was evidence someone had obviously smoked out the window and there was ash and the window wasn't shutting properly. And obviously we all got charged. You could appeal it if you wanted to, but it was almost easier in that sense to pay. So I think that's something to remember, particularly if you're moving into halls, any damage caused to a communal area is something that you're all liable for. Even if you didn't put a deposit down, you still then had to go pay. Whereas I know like a flat below us got charged like one pound because their mop had gone missing. And another one then got charged 70 pound because a cupboard had broken and they all had to obviously contribute to that. Um, I've personally been really lucky deposit wise. I did have a deposit in first year, but because of COVID times, they just gave everyone the deposit back automatically because the guidelines meant they couldn't go around and assess all the rooms and nobody had actually been able to move out in the time by the time that we would have got our deposits back. But had it not been COVID times, I definitely would have lost a good chunk of my deposit because I'd stuck up some strip lights around like my the top of my ceiling. And when I took them down, so much paint got torn off, which was so stupid of me to even put them up in the first place. Obviously, I'd been there. I probably would have bought some paint and tried to fix it. But there's no way I've got my whole deposit back. I was extremely lucky. Yeah, I've also been quite lucky. I know apart from the clothes drying rack incident, which was a like communal thing, two of my flatmates did have like stains on their mattresses which luckily was just like them having to pay for it because each bedroom was for a specific person to be in control of so yeah I think just again be aware when you get given a mattress protector so just make sure you use that well I did anyway I think a lot of people do get given one when you move in and if not buy one it's just like little things like that sometimes you don't think of things and you don't check before you leave. And like, again, marks on the walls, like maybe just get a bit of paint and paint over them. Just stuff like that to make sure of. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really lucky, as, as most of us. I never lost any of my any of my deposit. But yeah, if, if you do any damage, as we said, 
in our bit about getting the deposit back. Just remember about those things. And yeah, if if something does happen that you don't agree with, first talk to the landlord, of course. But then if they if they persist in in telling lies, you can you can always you can always appeal appeal that and keep that in mind. So I actually have lost some of my deposit before. It wasn't very much. I think it was like maybe like forty pounds or something like that out of like four hundred and fifty pounds. But we had a coffee table in our living room in third year. And it was someone's birthday and we had a bright pink birthday card. It was like the the envelope for the card. And, you know, my friend had like had all their birthday cards and put them down on the table. And then over the course of the evening, like various drinks got spilt. And it wasn't until we came to do the clean the next day that we realized the pink, the ink from the pink had stained the wood because it, it had the water on it um, or the drink, whatever it was. Um, and we tried to clean it, but it just wasn't coming out. And because it was wood, we couldn't like scrub it because then it was going away at the wood. So we knew like there was there was nothing we could do. It was just an accident. And we knew the deposit was going to get taken off because they would need to replace that table because you can't give like the next people a table. It was like a bright pink stain. It looked terrible. So we we knew the deposit was getting taken off. And we were almost glad it wasn't too much. So yeah, we were lucky in that sense. It wasn't too much, but it was a bit frustrating at the time. But yeah, I think that's it for the podcast today. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit www.accommodationforstudents.com the next time you need a place to live. We feature the latest halls, houses, and spare rooms in your city.